Ramon Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad who chronicles the vanguard of hip hop at large. Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod. Rap pod. pod. Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It's the Dad Bod Rap Pod. I am one third of your host, Damone Carter, aka Dim One, joined by my man, Fifty Gram Parson, David Ma. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, fun day Monday, huh? Um, yeah, I'm just diving deep into these uh, Kanye think pieces. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, how are you guys doing? <laughs> he makes some good points. No. That was a joke. Oh man. Oh my uh, god. Uh, thanks, thanks, Dave. I know you keep an eye on that, so we don't have to. Um, <laughs> Nate, what's what's going on, man? How are you? I'm all right. Um, you know, I have to say, um, this making this was a lot easier when we worked at home. <laughs> oh, okay like okay. oh life is back on people want me to go and do things i have to be at work all the time and think about it a lot like this is hard um so it's funny we we've talked about this quite a bit but like we're a lot of people started podcasts during the pandemic and it'll be right. interesting to see if they continue to do them now that life has returned we know some that haven't we know some that still are uh but anyway that's just inside baseball ish but um I'm doing good. I had a little, um, how are you, my friend? Um, I'm doing all right. I got, I got some, uh, fun historical facts to share with y'all. Did you guys know that on this day in the seventies, I was born. Oh, shit. Whoa. Today's your Me, birthday. Today is my, today is my birthday. DJ Cutso. DJ Cutso. Okay. And also Drake. And if Cutso was here, he would also say Tila Tequila, which I try to leave that out, but he brings that to the point. Wow, we've somehow managed to mention two almost Nazis, and the uh, show has barely started. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I just saw a tweet. There's some other birthdays this today. Mad Mad Lib as well, and Planet Asia. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So we're making a record called uh, Scorpio Gang, I wish. That's dope, man. Well, happy birthday. Adult birthdays happy are birthday. ridiculous, but I like you, and I'm glad you were born. There, there it is. Uh, otherwise, who would shove this podcast off is the question. Totally. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, my beloved girlfriend gave me a cold for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, glad to know there are still other diseases besides COVID that we can give each other. Right. Absolutely. At least it's just a cold. Yes, yes, exactly. So, but uh, but I'm doing doing all right. Um, Good, and you are of course, Demone Carter, aka Dem One Struggle Rap Auteur, which I think you've dropped from your uh, your intro. I have. I just kind of think like, um, what is what does Elucid say? I abandoned being starved. Let's You're a Rasta. <laughs> <laughs> You're I not Rasta, well, actually. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, that's dope. Uh, good for you. Uh, <laughs> so. What I wanted to talk to you guys about today is kind of a nebulous subject, and we'll just luxuriate in it for a moment. But I'm kind of wondering how you decide. How do we decide as the show, as ourselves? Like, how do you decide what 
producers you fuck with. I feel like we talk mm. about this with rappers all the time. Like right. when we're reviewing records, we mostly review the rapping. But today, mm. let's let's sit with this a little bit and talk about it. Like, and Damone, I'll start with you. Like, how do you decide? Like, and it's more like I, I know who we like, but yeah. how do you decide who you're gonna be a fan of? And this sort of relates right. to the conductor Williams tag conversation we were having on the Patreon last week. But I'm actually really curious, like, how do you identify hip hop producers that you will then go on to be a fan of and like track their work? Like, who do you fuck with? Yeah, and how do you yeah. decide how you fuck with them? That's a great question. I feel like for me, I do approach things from a rapper's perspective in that do would I want to rap on this? Am I jealous because I can't rap on this? Um, and a lot of that comes down to, for me, is how you program your, I want to say drums, but I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to say drums. I'm going to say how do you, percussive elements, like how, what is the bounce of the beat? What is the chop of the beat? I think when you pose this question in the thread, my mind immediately went to a small professor who's one of my favorite, um, mm -hmm you know, newer producers to come along in part because he has a signature kind of chop and approach to production that I can almost tell it's him without having to see the credits or I don't think he has a tag. Well, it's um, also just because he makes every record. So if there's a record, much. there's a good every chance record, he produced it. Every record we fuck with, it's like him and <laughs> Um But yeah, I think for, for me to be a fan of a producer, you have to have somewhat of a signature style and it has to be durable. I think there are some producers who are like, kind of one note one trick pony-ish and it can do one cool thing but that that kind of peters out over time so I find what makes something worthy of repeat listens is someone who has kind of a signature approach to it and there's a lot of guys flipping samples these days so to come up with a signature approach is pretty difficult but the the folks that I think um that hold my attention uh we're talking about people like Small Pro uh Child Actor Seb Bash um are guys that came up with with a little bit of a signature style and do fun things with the percussion. I, I'll say this and then I'll pass the mic. Is um, I do believe in drumless beats and exploring that whole palette of things and playing with samples that way. I do believe that it has made some folks lazy in the mm. sense that they're like, mm. I found a cool loop. I'm going to loop it up. This beat is now done. We're kind of done now. Yeah, and I, yeah. I assailed uh, Rock Marcy for doing this a bit. I like a producer that understands how to produce it enough. There is such a thing as overproduced, and there is such a thing as underproduced. And I feel like a lot of cats are falling into underproduced um, as kind of the path of least resistance. But I think a person like Small Pro, for instance, I, I keep bringing up because I fuck with his shit so much, is... Um, is having your own signature style and approach to to how you do percussive shit. I heard him, or I saw him tweet that he tries to make beats and imagine how Missy Elliott would dance to it. And I, I think that's fucking wow. excellent. And I think that's, that's so amazing. amazing. That's I'm amazing. sure you guys have both seen that um, Motown documentary where James Jamerson talks about uh, he would picture an ass like mm -hmm. moving yes. to the beat yes. like how we yes. like that's what he would sit there and think about while he was playing the, the arguably the greatest bass lines to ever <laughs> be created um so that 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 visualization technique seems to have some historical precedent that's dope uh dave same question what's what do you think about all this i, th I think when it comes to production um i'm of two minds right it's are you are you a producer making an instrumental or are you producing lacing 
um, a rapper with beats, right? So if you're if you're making an instrumental uh, track or an instrumental album, I'm I'm of the I'm fans of you know the Shadows, the Automators, the LPs, where um, it sounds orchestral, where things uh, there are movements, there are changeups, right? There are bridges, there are different layers. If we're talking about you know a producer lacing a rapper with the beat, and you know no diss, I mean DJ Premier is probably the greatest rap, the greatest producer ever, but you know, you, I, I don't want a gangster instrumental album, really. You know what I mean? And so, um, so to me, I think um, in that regard, you know, a, a nice loop that sets the scene and fits the emotion, that's going to do it for me. But I don't want to hear um, a rhymeless version of that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, do, I definitely do. Um, and I think where that leads me is, does a producer, like Small Pro has his band camp with like eight billion beats on it and that's right, very helpful right. for us as podcast producers and um as people who want to kind of listen harder to something mm -hmm. without having to mentally uh be like the mental version of serato stems and remove the vocals mentally while you're <laughs> sitting there listening so i guess dave back to you like does it do you will you only put them in like the i'm a fan now category if they've made some instrumental projects or beat tapes or whatever we want to call them and you can like swim in that for a while you know what i mean right right uh, to answer your question i mean these days i think if you make like three really tight beats then i'm on board i'm gonna be checking for a beat four five six and seven pretty right. much yeah. and i'm you know like i think you know this like i bought an mpc 2000 back in the day and i, I tried around making beats and quickly realized i was terrible at it but um <laughs> but in doing so it, it teaches you how certain beats were made and constructed right, right? yeah and so um yeah so i I was never of the mind. I, I'm not one of those cats who gives a fuck about what kind of weird filter you have on this weird snare that you used. You know what I mean? Yes. Or what or what weird um, drum lick that you used over the over really over. nerdy how. Yeah, that nobody else used. I mean, I think if you you flip uh, impeach the president the right way, it's going to be great every time. So yeah. I, that's sort of my outlook. What about you? What, I think where I'm heading with this now is that I feel like I'm following, I'm, I'm letting the rappers I like make the choices that inform my choices. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm, it's like, mm. um, I like have been obsessed with preservation this year and the last couple yeah. years because yeah. like, it, I knew who he was. I knew who DJ Jun was in um, Sonic Sum, and I knew who Preservation was from, um, you know, Most Def and stuff like that. But now it's like you make an Ethiopes, and the beats are so intriguing. And mm -hmm. I don't know if we're ever going to get an instrumental version of that, but I have done the thing where I'm like just kind of listening under the level of the records, especially on a couple things. Like I've said many times, Wharves, Dirty Water, mm -hmm. like a couple of those beats are, I'm like, what is going on? Why does it, like, how does it do that? How does it totally. sound like that? Um, his previous project with the Hong Kong samples, the new project oh. 1974, I'm like, I'm just on board at this point for whatever you've got. Like 1974 mm -hmm. was from the archives. If you read the little band camp description, he's like, these are straight from the MP, the SP, whatever I was working oh, on. Really? Here's just, here's like some, dry basically beats from the thing i made them on from like the last 20 years or whatever like and i'm like 40 of them too yeah like super <laughs> into them. And they're kind of sketches you know like you mm -hmm, can feel like mm -hmm. maybe they were intended for something else so um and like uh kenny siegel was brought to me to my attention by uh rap ferrera and woods and now it's sure. like i'm listening to Ken can cook and the Kenstrumentals and mm -hmm. um, the what it, the happy little trees and we're talking to him on the podcast and it's like 
I'm, now I'm a full-fledged fan of this person, and I don't know if I would have got there without, like, the curatorial prowess of the wordsmiths that I like. Like, I don't have time, or I don't use my time to sit around and listen to many beat tapes or instrumental records, so it's like, show me you make dope beats for rappers, and then I'll go see what else you have, kind of. It's like, it's kind of what you were saying, but one step further, you know what well, I mean? Let, let, let yeah, me, I can let see me. that. Let me put this on it, though. I, I think that especially with some of the producers that you mentioned and some of the newer producers, um, you know, like not DJ Premier era, uh, but like some of the newer producers, when they hook up with a rapper, especially some of these guys that have new and different pockets, I think it, it makes the beat more present. It's like, you know, when you put enough salt on something, it brings out its natural flavor. Right. Despite my skin color, yes. Yes. <laughs> no spice, though. Um, so <laughs> I kind of feel like um, with the preservation, right, I think him having Woods on his beats helps you understand the beat. And it, it, it brings it up to another level because I, I like Dave make that, that same demarcation of like, is this a beat to be rapped on or is this a beat to be listened to? I will say mm -hmm. this. A lot of beats that are made these days to be listened to as beats, I don't really care for um, mm -hmm. because I mm -hmm. think there's there's a direction and a focus that is lacking and there's a lot of atmospheric shit going on. But when you hear a dope beat, a quirky loop, something different, Billy Woods navigating that helps you understand how dope it is. It's how he's layering the pocket and shit that makes you go back and be like, this can be listened to more than an old school instrumental, which was just supposed to be wrapped over kind of plainly if that makes sense like right. the way that rappers rap on shit now requires a different type of beat and i think the producers that make those type of beats is inevitably what we're checking for now. we're not checking for you know this is a, a cool producer we don't check for apollo brown so much like that's not that's not the type of shit that we check for like yeah uh, but he was cool as fuck and i have absolutely. liked albums that he's produced. sure sure but yeah sure, I, sure. I don't because i don't rap and demon I'll, I'll bounce this back to you in a second um i don't i don't really sit around and listen to instrumentals of songs that were intended to have lyrics on them for my listening enjoyment very often like if we could get some of the ones we were just mentioning and like yeah. kenny siegel on his instrumental works has stuff he did for rappers but they're slightly different and sometimes right, right, they're not right. different and i do like those i find there's a lot of movement to them but Damone, in your in your practice as like when you write lyrics do you like do you have a I think you've mentioned this before you have some playlists or some stuff like mm -hmm. that inspires you and like can you talk to us a little bit about that and that kind of listening yeah so like um one of the one of the cats that I listen to a lot to kind of get my uh my writing brain going is Messiah Music mm -hmm. um who obviously just did church um and has a particular approach to like looping things and the types of things that he loops and the way that he does that creates pockets. And I think that's all that it's really about these days is like when you talk about a beat like Wharves, that's a really complex pocket. If it was sent to me, I don't know if I would have been like, yeah, this is the one. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's all about who creates these pockets. That's why I love Small Pro so much because he's so good at that, like especially his, his John Supreme uh, joint. So I'm really just looking for who creates pockets, who has... Um, cool textures to their beats mm -hmm. um boom bap has been kind of like turned into velveta almost by yeah. so there's some <laughs> things that are just too cliche 
you know what I mean, to even to even move me. I'm like, this is audio wallpaper at this point. So in right. order to um to get me excited about writing something, um, it has to have a little weirdness, a little quirkiness to it. And I think um that's what makes it stand out. But a rapper, like I was saying before, helps you as a listener tap into it. Cause when you're saying like beats that people were meant for rappers, you wouldn't necessarily listen to as instrumentals, but you will mm-hmm. listen to paraffin. When the right, paraffin right, instrumentals right. dropped, I was like a hundred percent on that because it's right. interesting enough on its own. Right. Um, in the past, that wasn't such a thing, but nowadays we're we're getting more of that. And I hope we get church instrumentals and and all the rest. Right, uh, Dave. Uh, similar question. Obviously, you're not writing raps, and if you are, you're not kicking it to me, and I'm pissed <laughs> off about it. Uh, when you are writing your journalism uh, or your lesson plans or what you're, you know, you you be writing. People know this. Uh, what do you listen to? Can you listen to stuff with words and also write words, or do you have to like listen to something instrumental in order to get into that space, or do you just not listen to music at all? I actually do listen to music. I like. Um, I pretty much listen to the same music I typically listen to, which is nothing that's too fast. Um, if anything, I'll sort of, um, I'll, um, I'll be more partial to things that are a little bit slower. You know no, I mean? twister. <laughs> no, no twister. No <laughs> twister. Unless you're against no. deadline or what? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, no, no, yeah, no, no hardcore techno, uh, no happy hardcore, <laughs> none of that. But, um, you know, to Damone's point, um, I love me some small pro. I think like his music and uh, all those Johns that he has are just fucking perfect sort of background music. Um, other producers that I really like to just sort of throw on is uh, Anra, big fan of his. And, you know, um, just sort of to the point that we're talking about, we're talking about like producers whose work can, can um, really fit and set the scene for rappers as well as sit on its own as instrumentals. Um, one of the best records of the year, dude, um, Cheat Codes, Danger Mouse's production on yeah. that is, yep. can definitely stand on its own. Like I would get the instrumental of that and, yeah. do a lesson, and do a lesson plan to it, but also, you know, I'll listen to the to the Black Thought version and just vibe the fuck out and nerd out to every reference he makes. You know what I mean? So, so um, I think there. Uh, I, I I don't make I don't mean to make such a distinction between the two because there are certainly uh, producers. You know, a controller seven. You know, somebody who can yeah. sort of fit in between and do both um, certainly exists. But for me, um, yeah, it, it sort of depends on the mood um, that I'm in. And so when I'm writing and stuff. Um, just a more medium paced beats is, uh, is my thing. Yeah, I'm, I don't think you guys are familiar enough with the recorded works of Adam Sandler for me to make the joke I'm about to make it. Does anyone <laughs> know what I'm talking about? No, he has a song at a medium pace. I'll stop there. Oh, um, okay, uh, let's see here. <laughs> I was gonna say, when I'm listening, when I'm writing about a piece of music, I have to listen to it over and over again. And you kind of kill it for yourself, right? Do you do yes, that too, totally. Dave? Absolutely, it's like, absolutely. When these liner notes are done, I'm taking a years long break from this shit. Cause it's absolutely. like, I just, I, I, there's a literal thing of played out. Oh, and it's absolutely. like, I fucking played it out. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, I mentioned earlier about like me trying to make beats back in the day. I mean, I can only imagine producers. You find the illest loop, the illest sample ever. And three hours later, you hate it. And the yeah. world has and the world has yet to hear it. You know oh, what I mean? Yes. It's, it's, it's such a contradiction. And it's such something that is probably so, yeah. I feel like so much great art has never been released because of that, of the person getting sick of it before then. And the only way I can make it about myself, which is what I try to do with everything, is um, 
we to, in order to make this show and to make it before the four episodes we dropped on SoundCloud, I had to get over how disgusting I think my own voice sounds recorded. Oh, yeah. And like yeah. for Damone, it's a little different. You're a rapper and you've done all this hosting on other things and stuff. I think for me and Dave, it was horrifying for the first Early. No, six could, months, could, eight months. Oh, it's, it's still horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's like you on the answering machine, right? Um, for, yeah. right. for people right. who are old enough, you're like, I sound like that. Yeah. Um, it takes a, it takes a while to get over it, but I kind of feel like to the point about like durability and getting tired of your own shit. Um, I had to learn that of like when you do a thing, do it, record it, put it down. Don't listen to it obsessively because you will think yourself out of it. You yeah. will you will just get so into it that you have no perspective anymore. And so mm-hmm. I know a lot of not a lot of rappers, but I've worked with rappers after a certain point. They're like, okay, we got to turn the beat off. Like we have, mm. we have to turn the beat off, or I'm gonna. I'm gonna lose. start to hate it. Yeah, yeah. start to hate it and kind of lose like what was cool about it. Um, yeah. I'm not so much like that. I think I have a problem uh, <laughs> in that I can listen to a beat for 45 minutes. For I got a bed, y'all. I got a yeah. bed, y'all. Uh, <laughs> to the beats. Yeah, no, that's dope. Uh, we have done this somewhat, and let's uh, take Small Pro off the table momentarily. Who are some producers in the kind of modern era that you guys consider yourselves to be fans of, where you heard them maybe in the course of making the show or the research we do for making the show? Like, who like kind of rises to the top for you guys? Well, I think you mentioned, I mean, I think just in this like, quick discussion, I think many of the names that I like have already been brought up, but uh, Preservation is one of them for sure. Like I'm yeah. checking for every little mixtape that he does, every little like 20, 20 minute SoundCloud thing that he does. And I was aware of him uh, prior before, you know, Sonic Sum as well as the most deaf stuff, but uh, I am in love with his output these days. Um, and I mentioned again, uh, Controller 7, our boy. Uh, totally. You know, Big um, shouts. Big shouts um, did stuff twenty years ago. Took a huge sabbatical, and now it's just like firing mm-hmm. on all cylinders, man. And so I'm really excited for people to see what he has coming out. Um, the stuff that he's working on, which I'm sure he's uh, shared with you guys, just looks incredible. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, sh- again, shout out to Danger Mouse. Shout out to Anra. Shout out to uh, Small Pro. I'm still a big fan of Rock Marcy's production uh, yeah. as well. I think um, he gets easily overlooked because of who he is and all the projects that he drops and just his overall, um, his overarching um, um, uh, status in the game. But um, as a producer, dude, like a lot of those um, Rosebud's Revenge um, projects, like the production on that is just stellar. I feel like if he never rapped or if he quit rapping after the UN, he would still be known as a producer. Totally, totally. Yeah, Yeah, I think, I think. If you just look like that first Stove God album, um, mm-hmm. The run he did this year with the Flea Lord record and stuff like that. If like if we had if he had never rapped, if he just was that productive as a producer, I don't know who would have been rapping on his own records to make this metaphor make sense. But um, totally, that's, kinda, totally. that's how I made his name. And, but you, I think and, you know what I mean. And you know, I mean, Alchemist. I mean, probably the most consequential producer of the last decade plus. I mean, his influence. He's highly influenced, obviously, by Rock Marcy. Totally. I, mean, I, I made tell, this so. long thing mm. about. Uh, LL being the Barry Bonds of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame podcast we were on last week. But you can make it about Alchemist. Like the Queensbridge era of Alchemist is the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Hooligans is the San Jose Giants. And like the, you know, the or the Sarah High School. And then like now is like 
Barry Bonds with the giant melon knocking 75 homers. Like, Balco. Yeah, it's just crazy how productive he is, how much he's influenced the sound of hip hop these days. Right, and like right. I've said this to some people and gotten like some very like stink faces back. Like he's making a case to possibly be the greatest producer who ever lived. Like if you, if you if you take this era seriously and you line up all the projects just by sheer productivity, like you could go premiere, you could go Dre, but if you want to talk about including the modern era and putting it on a plane where if we're saying this music is just as good as the classics, he's got fucking 40 records where Dre has totally. totally. You know what I mean? Is, totally. Doesn't that count for something? Absolutely, absolutely. He's going to be in Madlib territory pretty soon. And, right, uh, just and that's kind of that, that guy sets the high bar for quite literally for um, how we <laughs> think about producers now, right? Yeah. Absolutely. No, so, I, who are some faves? For, phase for me, uh, August Fanone, I think, is, mm, is great one. one. Forgot about that. Great I one. Just, Oof. I, I'm mesmerized by the, the types of loops that he chooses and his approach. And also, like, um, going back to this idea of signature sounds, I don't know what he does because I'm not a producer, but um, he's doing some type of, of technique to where um, it gives his, his sound this crunchy uh crunchiness there's something uh that comes across as old school and boom bapish without being uh super cliche so he's able mm. to take an old form and kind of reinvent it um so i i really i really like a lot of his stuff the stuff he did with def c um was that we dressed the city with their names was um was an amazing record uh and i think he's a producer who understands rappers and i don't think all producers do as somebody who's worked with different types of producers um i like him as uh, child actor i think child actor child is actor's like on a crazy run right now crazy run um the stuff he did on open my eagles record the stuff he did on elusive's record um are just like stand out quite a bit so i kind of feel like um alchemist obviously the high bar and, I, yeah. and i'll second your emotion that he is making a case uh for for ultimate goat status um but i kind of look at a lot of cats as like the children of alchemist and like the the universe of beats that he opened up the sparseness the different types of things you can do um he opened up this whole new world and i think you know cats cats like Fanon, child actor uh, messiah music all are kind of walking through that door and playing with the form and it's I mean, there's other people we didn't even mention, but it's, it's very exciting. What about you, Nick? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many. Um, I should have taken better notes before we were going to start. But um, basically, um, yeah, uh, the person who I think I'm most interested in right now that we have not had a chance to talk to yet, but is Iwani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such yeah. a good producer, dude. That's someone who I think he makes the beats for rappers and like distributes them still. But that's someone I find myself returning to their beat tapes again and again and like kind of like if I don't know what to listen to I'll just listen to that and there's mm -hmm. there's just like there's so many different textures that whole world of like um what used to be Mutant Academy I don't really think that's a thing anymore but Iwani Obliv who we had a chance to talk to back in the day best friend like there's just like some really dope uh music coming out of that and again it's like a modern sensibility with one foot in the classic techniques and you know I, I do care about that 
Um, an, another per- person who uh, we're going to talk to today is Larange or mm. Orange, and like he really messed me up, as you'll hear at the beginning of this interview. I thought oh, I had nice. the name down um, because I am Leblanc and he is Larange, and we're just doing a Frenchified thing, but um, apparently that's not right. But um, I always strive to say people's names correctly if I can. But um, he has this sample palette of like the 50s and the 40s and like a classic jazzy like banana leaf skirt vibe that I think is really (laughs) dope and uh we talk about it a little bit in the interview and um I don't know if you guys know this we also talk about this in the interview so I don't mean to like preview it for people but it really really reminded me of that um producer named Wax Taylor you guys know Wax Mm. Taylor it's like a yeah just like an early 2000s I think he's made many many records but I always think of this one particular record he did where he did kind of old film samples and soundtrack samples mm. and stuff like that a lot of scratching and um uh he he had toured with them in the past and he was fully he was like yeah yeah totally we're kind of do the same thing so that's someone i've been checking for recently instrumental projects and then um his projects as marlo with solemn brigham and it was really really cool to connect with them um a couple weeks ago they're on a big promotional run for their album marlo three right now and um just like awesome dudes so let's get into it here's our interview with larange and solemn bringer that are moving and shaping hip-hop culture this week we have the dynamic duo marlo this is la orange and solemn brigham um uh, the rapper mc duo who have released a series of successful records together and have a new one on the way fellas how's it going what up what up what up how it's going very well i appreciate you yeah absolutely um i guess i I, you know, did some research today, but I don't actually know how you guys got together. Like, you seem like you you have this intense chemistry. Like, how did you find each other and start making rap music together? Um, well, it's a bit of an interesting story, you know. Um, it actually started a long time ago. Um, like uh, I guess I got to start from the beginning. I guess I got to tell you like specific events. You know what I'm saying? Podcasts so, are uh, long form narratives. Let's <laughs> let's do the whole thing. So when I was like coming of age, discovering myself and becoming an adult human, <clears throat> I was going to UNC Dub and uh, you know meeting different people, exploring, you know, talking to different people. I met this guy who was pretty into music. And uh, he just kept wanting to hang with me every single day. And I just never kind of really would, didn't really know much about him. But one day I decided to, and we hang in and, you know, we kind of smoking and he plays Biggie's Ready to Die. And that was like the first time I had actually heard, you know, Ready to Die start to finish. And um, it just did something to me, man. It was really inspiring in that moment. And then out of nowhere, this dude just starts freestyling. And I'm like, what the world, this guy's freestyling. I'm a freestyle too. 
And so me and this guy, we rap, we hang for a little bit. And eventually he's like, yo, man, I know this producer. And um, I sent him one of your freestyles and I think he wants to meet you. And uh, it could be a, a thing. And so I'm like, cool, you know what I'm saying? I, I go over and um, we get to this house and we go into this joint. And the only way I could describe this place is a trap house. We go into this joint and I'm seeing all kinds of seedy individuals over here and over there. And I'm like, okay, well, which one is the producer? Which one is the guy, you know, I'm supposed to meet? And he's like, nah, man, we got to come upstairs. And so we sift through this and then we go all the way upstairs and we make our way to the left into this room. And in that room, sitting behind the laptop was the LeRon, <laughs> you know? And me meeting him was kind of like, you know, it wasn't that eventful. He was like, yo, I'm dude. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm other dude. And he was like, hey man, you know, I heard some of your freestyles. I think it's pretty dope. I'm coming up with this album. Um, I had an idea for a song with your voice on it. I was wondering if you'd be interested. And um, not having taken rap seriously my whole life, that's the first time I was like, yo, somebody said, you know, they could picture you on something and uh, you have opportunity to actually record. And so I took it kind of seriously. And, uh, you know, L, I'll let you take it from there if you want. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a, it was a nice match. You know, I had been, uh, doing my own hip hop production for a while and I've been doing recording and mixing, you know, in, in kind of my little home studio. And I just sort of linked up with, uh, whoever would kind of have me as a roommate and uh, uh you know and so i had my i had my kind of little lab up there but i was i was mostly just recording and mixing which is what i did a lot more before i before i became hearing impaired and so i would do more of that with people than than even the production side but mostly because very few people kind of fucked with my production because i was just coming at it from such a um weird perspective you know I, I, I not even perspective that makes it sound sophisticated i think it was just kind of like a weird instinct you know so what i wanted to do was just different and when you want to do something different uh it, it sounds like a mess until you kind of figure out what style you what that looks like you know because you haven't heard it before you know um but yeah, no, with with Solemn, it, it was it was dope. I mean, he seemed to like my production, and and so immediately, you know, he and I just kind of kind of clicked because I I was I I got real excited that there might be someone that could actually kind of fit the beats. But but I mean, long story short, it, years and years kind of you know kind of went went through, and we had stopped working together for a very long time. And uh, at, while I was making beats, I was getting a little you know um, tired of the process, and it was becoming less fun and less you know uh creatively rewarding and so i eventually um hit up solemn and was like yo you know do you still rap like is that a thing you still do you know and like he hadn't recorded anything but he was like yeah no of course i still rap i rap like i always did which is like just something he did not something he ever wanted to be necessarily you know and uh and so uh he and i i, I ended up bringing him out to seattle to try to record a few tracks to pitch to Mellow Music Group to uh, uh, see if they would let us do this album with them, you know? And so eventually it worked, but yeah, no, the rest of history is, it's just, it's crazy going back 15 years, you know, to one of my closest friends in the world. And then like thinking, yeah, it started with music. And then for a very long time, it was not about music. And then for the last five years, we've had this really awesome opportunity to, you know, stay in touch for a lot of different reasons and uh you know with music being at the foreground of that 
That's dope, man. Thank you both for uh, kind of walking me through the process of that. Um, uh, L, how do you like deep? Are you like a make six beats a day guy? Are you a make one beat a day guy? Are you like a bunch of unfinished ideas? Like, how do you decide from what you you're creating that you're going to keep for an instrumental project or send to Solemn or another rapper? Like, how do you parcel it all out? How do you decide? That's such a good question. That's I, I, I'm shocked. I've never been asked that before, but it's such a good question because that's how I talk about producers. When I talk with other producers, that's the kind of questions I ask. So, yeah, no, it, it depends. So for a very, very long time, especially when I was talking about not having heard my style or not knowing exactly what it was, I was committed to making at least um, two beats a day every single day. And I did that from 2000 nine ish 2009 2010 to like 2014 i mean it was just years of me making these terrible beats over and over again you know and so at the time my my philosophy was you can throw a bunch of seeds out into the garden and you don't really have to take care of them as long as you can just see which one grows you know and my thought was eventually one of these is going to be dope right like you know, I mean, it, it, and then maybe I'll, I'll figure it out, you know, from there. And so um, it used to be for a very long time, I was just committed, fiercely committed and competitively making beats, you know, against myself and trying to be, um, I, I, I took kind of offense to the fact that I wasn't as good as I wanted to be, you know, and so I, I was just working constantly and doing and doing that. So for a long time, I was really taking just the best of the best and leaving hundreds or thousands by the wayside. But nowadays, normally what I do is I, I'll kind of work off and on because there are a lot of creative things that I like doing and production is something that I don't want to get tired of. I don't want to exhaust and I, I don't want it to become mechanical. And so I, I'm much more careful with my own uh, creative uh, process now where if I'm, in a if I'm in a space where I'm making beats, that's all I'm doing. And, uh, um, but normally now I'm probably, I'm probably like two out of every three or like every one that I actually print. So like most of my bad ones stay in my MPC now. Like I'll say that, you know, whereas before I would print everything. Now I'm like, I know that's not good. I've done this before, like, <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about your kind of sphere of influences and like how you grew as an MC, like who are, who are you into and what do you consider your rap style to be? Um, um, I consider my rap style to be rhythmic bass, um, you know, somewhat socially conscious, uh, but not, I try not to go too overboard with that. When I'm making music, the first thing, the first thing I think of is um, being entertaining first mm -hmm. and foremost you know i want you to enjoy what you're listening to and then if you're doing that then i can try to feed you something and let you know what i'm thinking um as far as my influences go uh you know of course the greatest lyricist you know um the artist formerly known as most deaf huge influence i mean uh, the whole black star talib Kweli, you know fair much i can name all the old school lyricists who people respect and regard but i think it's more to say that I appreciate an MC for their voice and I appreciate an MC for their cadence. And I think that's the first thing you listen to. You, you hear their voice and you hear whatever rhythm they're coming with. And so yeah. I really try to use that in my style when I'm thinking about creating, I'm trying to see, okay, how can I make my voice punch? What tone do I need to use? And once I get that out of the way and get the rhythm out of the way, then I'm like, okay, 
what do I want to feed the people that works with this uh, the soundscape? Yeah, that, that's interesting to hear. And I've had to like change my thought process about this. I'm like a lyrics first person since I was a kid. I always yeah. like whenever I first hear a record, I'm like, what are they saying? Right. And we've interviewed so many different producers, especially who they're like, I don't particularly care what the dude says in the verse. Nope. I care yep. about the sound of the voice <laughs> and how how it all interacts and the rhythm and the cadence. And I'm like, oh, you made like some of my favorite songs by not even caring about it. That's very interesting to know. <laughs> Yo, it's so crazy. It's so crazy you're bringing this up because this has been a thing that's been like day one with Solemn is like, one of the things about working with your friend, first of all, that you can talk to, you know, like you would anybody, and also somebody who's very good at rapping, but has not put together an album per se, or like worked intimately with a producer. You know, a lot of times he, when we first started, he'd be like, yo, did you hear what I did on that song? And I'm like, yeah, no, it sounds good. And he's like, yeah, but that lyric that I wrote about us. And I'm like, oh <laughs> no, I don't listen to lyrics. Like that's, that's like, that's like fundamental to, to me because I don't have room in my brain for lyrics while I'm making a song because I'm trying to focus on everything that has nothing to do with it. I can't sit there and like fall in love with a lyric because what good does that do anyone to be like, now I love this song more than it is good, you know, so. That's super interesting. Yo, that, was, that was hard to hear, but yo, that's the truest thing. One of the that helped me grow because I'm sitting here obsessing about these lines and like, yo, Elle's going to love this. This is a story about us and the fans are going to hear this. Right. And I have to realize that everybody's going to have their own meaning for this thing that I wrote. Nobody is going to feel it exactly how I feel it. And so to put so much in that moment is just setting yourself up as an artist to be disappointed, <laughs> you know? And there are other things to enjoy about creating uh, and, cre and creating music and being conscious and aware of that I think has allowed us to be able to feed the fans without beating them in the head or yeah. trying to push something on them. So as a, that, that recalls something I was going to kind of take off what you said earlier, Solemn, where you're like, you want to feed the people, but like, and I think of, I don't want to put this word in your mouth, so tell me if I'm wrong, but like, you need to be careful with the socially conscious stuff because you don't want to get preachy. It's there you like go. That, that's not helping anyone. That's the fastest thing to make people turn the dial, I think. It's like, all right, dude, like, <laughs> there's, yeah. there is a line there, I think. Yeah, the whole point is you're not supposed to know I'm I'm giving you information. Right. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing for all my for all my favorite rappers and all the people that I've worked with before, from like, you know, Jeremiah J to like Cool Key to Gift to Gab. Like I, you know, when I say what I really had to explain is like when I say I don't listen to your lyrics, what I mean is I trust you to do your job well from the very first moment we decided to work together. Right. That is not I'm not here to monitor whether I think this is a good lyric, man. That's your job. That's like everything else is just about everything else I'm going to have opinions on. But right. <laughs> that right there, you just do you. What I think is interesting and what I'm hearing is like, you're the word guy and you're the math guy. And it's like, <laughs> you, you it, a good group should have both, right? It's like, it not, no, not every group can be the Beatles where there's two amazing word math guys and then a third guy who would have been the best guy in any other group and then Ringo, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, when he the plays their part, you can be yeah. strong. You know, the irony of that is that, uh, is that I went to school for creative writing. I mean, I'm, I went That's to school for poetry. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm a writer, a poet. And so yeah. like, I, I adore lyrics. I adore writing, but I also just know I can, I, my biggest strength to me is being split analytically and creatively and knowing when to do which. 
right? Which is like, I don't get involved in creative things. I don't need to get involved in. Yeah. I don't get involved in analytical stuff. I don't need to get involved in. <laughs> that, that is fascinating. Um, I'm going to phrase this a certain way and I'm kind of expecting you guys to tell me I'm wrong. And what I want to say is you guys have had some luck getting some sync placements. Is it luck? Everything I don't know, is, man. Though. When you do it multiple times, can you <laughs> say that it's luck? You know, the first few times, sure. <laughs> you know, everything, everything is... How, how many times do you have to do it before it's not luck anymore? That's, yes, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. something about what you guys are doing is speaking to the people who make these creative decisions. And I just reviewed, I had seen both of them because I think they air during sporting events. Um, the the Gatorade commercial, I think Harmony Corinne directed that, right? That like was the 7-Eleven. Uh, 7-Eleven, my bad, with the, the bicycles. Mm -hmm. And then the Gatorade commercial um, are both really good. And we're so far past beyond being mad at a band for being successful or having <laughs> sync placements. Like I was just as an underground hip hop cat, like super happy for you guys. like to get these these national looks and to get noticed in that way. Can you talk a little bit about like the process that goes into that and has it been good for your career? Are we misunderstanding as fans what it what it means? Is is there like money at the end of the rainbow? We don't have to talk about the money, but you know what I mean. I can I can take that a little. So uh, yeah. so first everything's luck and everything isn't luck, right? Like you know how music is. Like there's there's nothing happens without being like well damn you know i guess i won a little lottery there like you know and sometimes the lottery is bigger than other times but no this one you know it it was a great look because um or at least the the gatorade one was a person was uh somewhere down the line was a fan of us and we were the temp track which does happen a lot to people in my genre where we get put as a temporary track and then we get rep replaced with imagine dragons or or run the jewels or something <laughs> you know those two i do not mean to compare those two by the way just to be clear but yeah you know that is what happens and so and like in in the past when i get prompts for licensing things it'll be like people we want to do this song chance the rapper kanye west and then i'm like all right well obviously i'm here because you can get me for one percent of the money and i'm actually kind of okay with this right you know and so um no, with the sync stuff, uh, I, I can clear up a couple of things about that. One is that is that the the financial part of it is actually is really good. It's 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 not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow where you know you just like sit on that pot of gold for the rest of your life. But like, it has given us like an amount of flexibility for being underground artists that we can take a little longer to make Marlow three. I can put a little bit more money into trying to make it sound better and um and so it, it's not that you know it, it's like um uh you know a, uh, like a cave of gold that we can hoard like a dragon but yeah no i mean it is it is definitely solid for people that are used to scrounging by making money from music and then in terms of like the response that was actually the most surprising part for me is like i you know i have a tendency to see someone like imagine dragons or run the jewels in you know five or six placements and then i look at the plays and i'm like well damn that's probably how they got those plays and ah no not really like i would say we probably you know this is this is a guess here but i would say maybe our plays went up for that song maybe like 
15%, maybe 10%. I mean, like I, I was personally thinking, all right, this song's about to go crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, people are going to be checking it forever. Those numbers are going to go wild. And then it's not yeah. one of your top played songs on your Spotify. As of no, today. it's like, it's top. Is it not top five? Future Power Sources? Let me look. Uh, I think Future Power Sources. Is, I think it depends how you look it up. You, maybe if you look it up as Marlo, but I was I was looking uh, you up, L. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, so yeah. Well, either way though, right? Yeah. You know, like it's it's not. Uh, it doesn't really do it like that, but um, but we have gotten we have gotten a lot of love from it. You know, yeah. aside from that, so. Yeah, and it's got. I mean, there's like you know the famous thing of old movies and TV shows, like when you hear your song on the radio. It's like, you know, I don't know, college radio is still really exists. I can't even tell. But like, this might be the closest thing to getting that because going and pressing play on your own thing on streaming does not give you that satisfaction <laughs> level of like, it's it's that you want to feel that someone else played it, that it came to you through. It was definitely validating. Yeah, it was validating. like super validating for, for a career that is, you know, when you're in underground hip hop, you get a lot of you get a lot of love, but you also like get a lot of love from the same people which is you know so amazing that it's yes. that kind of community but it's also when you're getting uh, mentioned by people outside of that scope it's you know it like i said it's kind of validating and not in an important way but in a way that makes me feel good you know yeah totally it's it, it it's it's awesome I, th I think it's great and and it's just nice when there's a good song in a commercial you know like that's part of me is the exciting <laughs> part is like and you, you were pretty funny about some of the things that get done over and over again. And actually, we had had this really awesome interview with RJD2, yeah. a couple, maybe last year or year before, I can't even remember anymore. And he was talking about when they were doing the Mad Men thing, which everyone assumes was like the greatest thing to ever happen to him. And he's yeah. like, actually, I kind of lost my song. It's not my song anymore really? in a way because when it's a TV theme, I think it's slightly different than a oh, single. Oh like, yeah, no. And, I and see if what you you're remember that, like it's an it's actually an AC Alone song. It's yeah. the instrumental of that. And he's like, I kind of have like 30 seconds to decide whether or not to sign my creation away to them to make it the Mad Men theme song and yeah, not. He my did the song. right thing. He did the right <laughs> thing though. Yeah. Like, totally. but again, but then again, like who the fuck is listening to like, you know, that song from King of the Hill? Like right. just like what the replacements or like right. listening to like this theme from the office like right. if i heard somebody listening to that in a car next to me i would be like what the fuck like it would <laughs> yeah. get a reaction from me totally um solemn let's go back to you and your your place in all of this like it seems like um and perhaps there's other stuff on Bandcamp or soundclouds i don't have in front of me but like is marlo your main creative outlet yeah marlo um marlo yeah, as of now, is my main creative outlet. You know, I am Marlo, and Marlo is I. You okay. know, um, uh, self-centered. Mar Marlo is we. <laughs> Marlo is we, and Mar and and I am Marlo. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now, self-centered. My solo album. Um, you know, it was definitely a way for me to express myself, and I do uh, intend to do some more solo work in the future. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be able to truly separate you know Solomon Brigham from Marlo entirely because yeah. um the things that I create for Marlo is really really personal you know and um so is the stuff I make for Solomon Brigham right on um let's talk about the new album you guys have a new album coming out Marlo 3 um it's the third chapter in this collaboration it seems to be um You've got some great guests on there. You've got Blue and Joel Ortiz on one of the singles. Like, to talk to me about the album. What's what's this one all about? 
Um, this album is just everything bigger, you know. Um, I like to think of this album as a, a victory lap. It's really celebratorial, you know. It's really a nod to the fans. It's uh, giving something back to everybody that showed us love. Um, getting to see the world and getting to go on tour in between making it really changed a lot when it comes to my worldview and what I wanted to talk about. And, um, you know, I like to think it's just bigger. Everything's bigger. Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw that you have a UK and EU tour uh, coming up pretty quick here. Um, philosophically, is there like, are you responding to res requests for you to come somewhere? Are you like, we're dropping the album this date, so it makes the most sense to give people three weeks in between to learn the song so then we go on tour like how do you plan that and is like is planning just an outdated concept in a post or you know during covid world it's that one for sure <laughs> it just as it lines up you're happy what you yeah can get, no for real like uh for me I'm, I'm very i'm very busy and i don't like to leave my house let alone the country let alone go on tour for a month you know yeah. and so for me i always like to keep them compact really well planned and that takes a while and so uh you know with my our booking agents we'll just work with them to be like look find us a month make it worth our time and like yeah. make it you know comfortable for us and like we will go out there and do everything we can we'll put on great shows yeah i'm gonna pretend i love it the whole time <laughs> and then and then i'll try to like you know probably like a few days in i need like a few days but then i start you know loving the things i love again so yeah you know sure. but but no it's, it's so honestly the idea that this album is that we're going on tour so shortly after this album is coming out is a complete coincidence okay. i mean i would love to say we just masterminded it but you know the only people you see that really pull that off are you know like they're either real insistent about their album release dates which we're not yeah. or they're like so big that they're like yeah y'all will have us whenever we want you right and that's right, not right, us right. Either, so um solemn do you enjoy the tour life will you shake hands with the front row do you like do you interact with the crowd what's your what's your steez when you perform is it high Yo, energy I, I fucks with the people i am a man of the people and i do it all for the people i leave everything out on the stage it's like um you know it's it's a it's a completely different feeling when you can step on the stage and you know actually see the eyes of the people who are buying your product and who believe in you and who come up and say interesting things to you. It makes everything more real. You know, we live in a different time where you kind of do a lot of the creating by yourself. It's me and L talk about it. It's a really lonely life. Yeah. So to step out and actually see and touch and hear people, it it brings it to uh it brings it to a place where you just never thought before. It kind of makes it all real. You know? yeah oh that's really interesting yeah you sit in your own room and then all of a sudden you're out in the world and people know it and appreciate it that's that's fascinating i'm gonna be thinking about that for a while El, El, what yeah, do, you do? do you dj the tour do you finger yeah, so drum? I like how do you conduct no i don't finger drum and honestly that's one of the big reasons i've never liked touring is because I, i'm i'm not good i'm not a, i'm not really much of a performer i like I like public speaking, I like writing, I like painting, I like producing. I got a lot of things I like, but performing has never really been my whole thing. So yeah. that's why when I go on tour, it's either for in a situation where I feel very comfortable that people will enjoy what I have to offer, regardless of, you know, uh, the performative aspect, like when I was touring with Wax Taylor, or it's when I'm going on tour with an MC that I feel so confident in 
that I can just make sure that I do everything I can to make them look good, which, um, you know, we performed for the first time together since 2009 last year on the first show of the tour. Whoa. And it was, it was crazy. Baby. <laughs> it was in Blackpool. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, man, I mean, I, I know that I'm in the group, but I, I was, I was kind of blown away. I mean, like I, I, I know Solemn very, very well. We've been together, we've known each other for a very long time. Yeah. So to see him kind of like, you know, take the stage and do what he did, I I, I was surprised, you know, dude's a superstar. Like, Yeah, I, really. I just have to interject for a moment. No, it's too. so weird that you said Wax Taylor. Like when I, I've been listening to your music all day to prep mm -hmm. for this and I'm like, this, this uh, sample palette really reminds me of Wax Taylor. It's like you guys are drawing from kind of a Silver Age kind of, uh, you know, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you call it. It's actually really funny. I was going to do a thing. They in, On your Wikipedia page, they have bastardized your uh, bio from the mellow, uh, your mellow bio and turned it into one of the strangest, like seemingly <laughs> computer generated sentences. And I was thinking of leading off by reading it to you and being like, is that you? Is this Can you that, read is it to me? Yeah, what give me a sec. Say? Hold on. It's the, I found this hilarious. Wikipedia is such a mess because people just edit on top of editing. Totally. Okay. And, this, and when you're like at my level where like you may or may not have a Wikipedia, like you end up getting like those. Yeah. Th this is the sentence. I, this is like, it's actually two sentences. Some of you see yourself in this. All right. For his music, he samples <laughs> old jazz, swing, and soul songs, which he combines with radio broadcasts and film noir audios. To produce his songs, he uses a MPC and old vinyl records, amongst other equipment. Well, what's not technically true there? That's your life, bro. That's how people are going to see you if they look you up on Wikipedia. That's, yeah, that's like the most like technically true thing I've ever heard. Where you're like, I mean, I wouldn't have said anything like that, but yeah, yeah no. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't remember the last time I heard audio is plural audios yes totally i was yeah. like the miracle in this sentence is that they did not say vinyls i uh, know i all right well first of all i'll get this straight i've never sampled a noir movie in my entire life okay and that is that has followed me from the very beginning because my stuff does kind of have this noir-esque yeah, it, it evokes what people yeah. think of as that if they're not watching the movies closely or thinking all, of yeah it's all old-time radio i'm a big fan of like old radio production you okay. know just kind of part of the nostalgia of my stuff and then yeah, yeah no and then I guess technically old vinyl. That's a <laughs> weird adjective for it, but yeah, it's just vinyl. <laughs> it's an NPC. Oh, and then I have various other gear. Which yeah, totally. It looks me. like there's Isn't quite that... a few racks there, and you you've spent some money on your studio. It's awesome. Well, it's just the point wasn't that. My point is that's various. <laughs> yeah, it's not just one NPC sitting on a desk, and then yeah. poof, magic happens. Well, that was it. You know what's crazy is I probably did. I think the the word I would have taken issue with is various other pieces up until okay. maybe like a year ago because wow. i'm like no it's just the mpc that's it yeah I mean, that's awesome i love that it doesn't sound choppy it has a fluidity to it even though and we were i used the term finger drum mistakenly earlier but it's like no i, no, I, I feel like when you can hear people hitting the pads it's distracting i i do it so when i'm making the beat it's all you know you could call it performative it's right. just once i do it i don't have a system for being like okay now i know how to put this on a laptop and then go do this in, in front of people like yeah i just totally. i made the thing that is the thing right yeah um so just to kind of wind uh up here marlo three is there anything you guys can share with me are there any other guest appearances is there anything else you want people to know about the album on it's the kind of the you know as we approach people being able to hear it finally 
Um, you know, I want to talk to the fans. I just want to say, you know, thanks to everybody for being here from the jump and for sticking with us. This one is for y'all. You know, it's for us to ride out two together. All right. <laughs> that sounds that sounds kind of grim. <laughs> like into the into the sunset. Yes. Uh, no, no, for me, you know what I would say is please. this is this is um uh the your favorite song is probably not a single. That's what I was. That's what I would say. It's like okay. normally, you know, you put like the most, the things you think people will like, and you have discussions about what it is not a sing is or is not a single. This album was probably the one that that was the most difficult for me because this whole album was heavily influenced by playing live. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of fun on this record, and like I have a lot of favorite tracks on this that are not. You're not going to hear it before it comes out. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, guys, um, it was a real pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much for sharing some stuff about your process and your relationship. Have you have fun on tour. You try to not have too much dread and uh, Done. <laughs> Done. guys be safe out there and uh, we'll uh, help promote the album when it comes out. I've been on my get back, cop a bag slow. You would never see that. Chop it up with ya, like I really mean it. Uh -huh. I don't keep still, I just take the scene. Hey yo, game on, ain't got faith and you can't go. Brand new day, put your face on. Ain't shit changed with the A-Pro. Ain't show love to the voice got bass. Got a little change, but I'm still gon' hate. Think I slid in with a play code. When I make it over here, gotta pay toll. Showed up to the march in the rain cold. But I can't save you from the rain, though. Red out on the roll like K-No. Everything that you say look too bad. I done came a long way with my do-rag. I been trimming off weight, need to lose drag. I ain't letting off guard, better knew that. Better find another mile. I been holding on the bottle like a new dad. I used to be moderate till I saw it. Now I need the heart of it. I'm all in every time I thought of it. Now I'm falling. You don't know how hard it is to be solid. Now I live anomalous. Beg pardon. You'll see me coughing. I done been novice, mobbish, heathen, solemn. We just running with we done started. All right, that was our interview with LaRange and Solemn Brigham. Uh, I feel like Solemn reminds me of a rapper, and I can't figure out who it is. This whole the uh, whole time I was listening to, I listened to some of the cuts, and we got a little bit of the advance. And he gives me the vibes of somebody so much, and I just mm. not put my finger on it. Do you guys have any correlation? I, I will say this from a fashion perspective, kind of reminding me of Melly Mel. I don't know how hot it was in North Carolina the okay. night we were talking, but he had a button-up shirt, like a short sleeve or sleeveless button-up, completely open. Okay. Yeah, okay. and like we don't we don't get a lot of shirtless guests. Bring him that chest. Yeah, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> so that was that was my main uh, takeaway from it. I I don't know. Uh, he does have a higher rapping Register. voice than he has a speaking voice. Uh, I see. Mm. I see. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I was I was really impressed though. Um, I'm gonna be honest and say I hadn't peeped any of the previous Marlowe stuff, but um, I think to rap on beats made by a guy who has done real instrumental work um, can be a challenge. I think folks who've worked with Blockhead, some people hit the mark uh. and some people miss it. Um, and I think on from the Marlowe stuff that I've heard, this, this Marlowe 3 record, um, they have a good chemistry. I, I thought that came across. I really like the album. Um, I liked how Nate, earlier you mentioned that he has like old school sort of sounding um, aesthetics and um, there's a cut on there called Past Life 
and um, where there's a horn sample and it straight up sounds like a 70s detective TV show and I love it. Like, that's one of my cuts off the album. Um, it's like a sunny sounding beat and it's not overwrought. It's a sort of, it's not just a loop. I mean, there, there's some progression there but it's not super overwrought. Like we we're talking about how you got to know when to stop painting. Yes. I think um, they're really good at that uh, on this song. Things are just, there's a feeling of conciseness to it and uh, really into the cut past life. That's one of my uh, standouts on this one. Nice. Um, yeah, they're about to head or or currently on like this crazy European tour. Like they're big. Like yeah, they're they're on Mellow, which is like you know this is like a stupid non-word, but like that's like an overground rap label, right? It's like yes. they got you know they got Homeboy Sandman and Joel yeah. Ortiz, and like they've got they've got some big acts, so they've got they've got some support seemingly. And um, uh, it was really interesting to talk to them. Um, I just you know they have done this incredibly successful thing of getting onto some commercials, which I'm like so happy for them. And that's so dope. Mm. And now when I hear it, I'm like starting to write treatments in my yeah. head. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it has oh, totally. it, like the old schoolness and then Solemn's kind of, um, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the interview. He, he gives you some, some game, yeah. some advice, yeah, yeah. like not preachy. We talked about the line where, where that is, but he's like, he's, he's out to kind of, share his story and to something. kind of teach people put people onto some game and i was like i can i can really see why people who are into sync and um the propulsiveness that is needed to sell a product in this attention starved environment yeah. like comes through in in the record and the things are really chunky and rich and well mixed and mm -hmm. it's, it's like i'm like sitting there like oh yeah i'd definitely buy some shoes if this was on during the NBA playoffs right now yeah i kind of uh, Laurent's sound gives me um, some hints of RJD2. Yes. And yeah, that it, yeah. And that it is, it's big, it's bright, um, mm -hmm. it's sample. It's yes. yes. Yes, totally, totally. So I, I really feel like um, they're, and that's an emergent lane, right? It, it's very interesting to see a producer such as himself, and like, I know we're oddly obsessed with this, but like the Spotify listens, um, outpace a lot of rappers that we would say are a bigger deal than him, right? Um, so I kind of feel like uh, that is going to continue to be a thing. We had Maker on the program as well, who who got some mm. placements, and it's it's almost like I'll I'll run this by you, Dave, uh, since you had a sampler. Is the sampler <laughs> turning into the new electric guitar? <laughs> ooh, ooh. I, I think it depends on how you use it, right? I mean, so yeah, but in terms I, of like the go to, <laughs> like I'm creative. I'm gonna, I, if you were in 1972, you was gonna pick up an electric guitar, an acoustic guitar. I think the creative of today, the sampler is becoming more and more in the foreground um, than it ever was before. And I think can we, can I, uh, yes and, and just say it wouldn't be an MPC, it would be a 404. Right. Oh, okay, right. sure. Yeah, sure, like, yeah. Half that's the that's price, a quarter yeah. of the size, everybody who's cool uses it now. I had a 202 back in the day. I, I, you guys know I can't count. I can't make any music, but I had a little sampler. I found uses for it in my little auditory experiments that I, I was doing in college. I think the 404 is, a, is like an acoustic guitar. There you go. It's, it's like a lower gain. It's like, yeah, you're yeah, a rock it, climber who plays an acoustic guitar. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, shout out to uh, uh, LaRange and Solomon Bingham from coming on. Marlo 3, uh, is 
should be out by the time people hear this. It'll it'll be out 24 hours after we drop, um, mm. or uh, 21 hours on the West Coast. Uh, <laughs> it'll drop midnight Friday. We drop midnight Thursday. But uh, if I fuck up the posting again, no, it might wait. be the same. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where can people find us, guys? Uh, they can find us all over the damn place. We're on Twitter at DadBloodRapPod. Um, our tweets don't go viral. They go bacterial. Um, <laughs> so kind of proud of the work we put in this week on, on the Twitter timeline. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at DadBloodRapPod. But where you need to find us is in the club. And by the club, I mean the Patreon. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash DadBloodRapPod. We got uh, new hot shit up there. I just dropped a new Dim's Gems. Very good one. That's that's a that's a, a fun uh, collection of of downhill rapping and, and aggressive drumming. Uh, Nate just put up a cabin core playlist um, on his uh, fly sporadic series. For those of you who are wearing flannel, um, you need to tap in immediately. Uh, and yeah, we're just we're. We're posing questions. You're talking back to us. We really appreciate your patronage. It's only $5 a month or $51 a year. Patreon.com slash dad bod rap pod. Uh, you guys got things coming up? I, I think both of you guys are working on some writing projects from, from what I've heard on the streets. Not really anything not. I can talk about. I guess not. Yeah, kind of yes, but kind of no. And uh, with the way manufacturing timelines are now it probably will be way too long i am i you know i do have quite a bit on my outside of work and this plate at the moment but nothing i can really get into at the moment but it's like nice to say that i have to say okay it's yeah. good it's good yeah. to be busy and a lot of these opportunities did come about because of the podcast which like who knew uh spouting opinions and uh shrill laughter for hours every week could get you a job <laughs> Works for uh, Dave, Joe do you have Budden. anything you can talk about, or is it all top secret? Um, not nothing. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing I can super talk about, or, but nor nothing super top secret. I'm working on something for the Paris Review, which I might have mentioned, you know, in a program here or there, but I don't really want to talk about it too much until I have it like 90% finished, you know what I mean, and in the bag. Um, okay. Other than that, I'm also working on something for Aquarium Drunkard, but um, sort of the same thing so so basically no no good news uh yes. yeah. yeah yeah that that's what we call a, a great setup in the biz so just creating mystique you know <laughs> absolutely the manufacturing of mystique is a real thing uh so we want to you know thank everybody for for tapping in uh it's scorpio season Nate's birthday is somewhere around in there. He doesn't believe in it, um, but he is a Scorpio. He is part of the gang. He's dark and mysterious. It's actually uh, Dave, funny, dude, like for a person who doesn't have, who like literally does not give a shit about birthdays and does not want it to ever be acknowledged. I'm doing like six things for my birthday this year. Love it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. for you, Nate. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what's your sign? I am an Aquarius. Oh, explains Th- a lot. All right. All right. So this is your age. <laughs> mystic oh, crystal man. revelations from dave um all right that that was our, our program for this week uh we only got seven more weeks left in the year and we got a lot of hot shit in we're the gonna tank. take a couple weeks off in the winter because we did not take our customary week off in the summer yeah thanks Shig leblanc but uh <laughs> we're gonna 
we're barreling down towards the end of the year, towards episode 250. We got a lot of fly shit in the tank, so keep it locked. Dad Bod Rap Pod. Don't you worry about a thing. You understand? Yep. Sure, I understand. Don't yeah. worry, Mom. I'll yeah. keep my eyes open. Third trek, what the story is, made a bigger check, big flex like accordion, aiming at your neck, put the name on the board again, it pays to get respect, out of patience if the name ain't put correct, I drop the latest, have to plane and now my haters feel neglect, made a stages through the game, but I know they don't see the depth, I got angels like I'm David, you can't name a bigger threat, I got pain that made me jaded, but I made it through the net, I got federal cases, I evaded every step, cause I almost crossed the state, moving this weight up by myself, they be trying to get the language, cause their life just don't reflect, and I made it through this rap without a chain to my neck, come on, give me the fame and get me shaded, give me the stainless, get me famous, hop in a range and made me shameless, coming up fast, you can't sustain it, over the past I'm chasing greatness and I graduated, been getting acclimated, you can check the affidavit, I got the baddest thing around, you know the mattress made in, I got the loudest back in town, go ahead and ask your neighbor, bound to get the crown like it was calculated, I know they mad I made it, leaving with some side faces, yeah, say whatever, say whatever, 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 heard I was around but I can do you better, do you better, say whatever, say whatever, take whatever, Whatever. The game will leave you faded if you let the Say whatever, say whatever, whatever, whatever Heard I was around but I can do you better Do you better, say whatever, say whatever, take whatever, take whatever The game will leave you faded if you let the this is mastery match with me, a lick the split to lift me. It's the 21st century earth, blessed trinity first. 93 to infinity church, 83 retrace my identity birth. I was born in divinity first, then eventually cursed to return to the dirt with the best and the worst. All become one with the one, the earth spun the third rock under the sun. The first blunt wrote this with supreme focus, about to give birth to a son. Who needs both his parents in his life? Should have married a wife, but I'm married to the life. The street stress and strife Why would I share that with? Match lit, pissed about this rap shit Pass shit, pad too small to move all of my equipment in it Need a studio rented, couple of blunts and cups of liquor Got me venting like Yow. Knock, knock, who's there? It's me, me who? He who your go-to's go-to for that three-two Magic in the beat, oof Diamonds like lightning in my seat, oof Peace dangling from half a key, you Barking up the wrong tree if you're hollering at the yower It's ending with steel, no gender reveal, just a shower when they ask, will I retire? I say no. Every time I look at OG in the mirror, it's a go. Long way from Nintendo, holding guns up to blow. All these years later, still got all my ducks in a row. But the ducks look different. The house paid. The trucks come kitted. The housemaids dusting around the kitchen. Yeah, the nicest nigga in the lunchroom did it. Math teacher somewhere proud. I crunch new digits with accountants daily. Real cream like my Mercedes lever. My cheddar is aging better. And never the same endeavor. So let them just say whatever. Say whatever. 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 Heard I was around, but I can do you better, do you better, say whatever, say whatever, take whatever, take whatever, the game will leave you faded if you let the, say whatever, say whatever, 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 heard I was around but I can do you better, do you better, say whatever, say whatever, take whatever, take whatever, the game will leave you faded if you let the,